1: Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org consequence of sounds and the consequence podcast network big thanks to all of you for checking out the series especially for those who subscribe and listen every single week we got the uh, the new episodes that go up every monday wednesday and friday always appreciate you listening always appreciate the comments that you leave and the various places you can do so of course if you're not a subscriber now is a great time now right now is a great time to do that and uh, and you can do so, of course, at any of the popular spots, including iTunes and Apple Podcast or Spotify, uh, YouTube, Anchor, Stitcher, PodChaser, wherever you get your podcast from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with subscribe. We'll take care of the rest. It's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and learn about new ones, and uh, you really just know what's happening in the music world. So I do hope you hit that button and follow along. Uh, it really would mean the world to me, uh, which may not mean anything to you because you probably don't know me. But uh, but just know that somewhere out in the world. I'm feeling pretty grateful about the whole thing. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm going to be talking with the band Oh Wonder. I've got Anthony and Josephine. Uh, Well, in fact, they're at their studio. I'm in a closet here in Louisville, Kentucky in my studio, but we've linked up to talk about uh, a bunch of things. Um, Their brand new record that came out earlier this year called No One Else Can Wear Your Crown. In the unintended songs that they've been releasing since. I say unintended because, of course, when they were releasing the new record, they didn't know that a uh, worldwide pandemic was going to happen. But with the isolation at home in which they have their own studio in, they've been able to stay very productive uh, with new songs, which they're calling the home tape series. So we're going to talk about that in fact we're going to talk about how this uh this lifestyle this uh this isolation sort of uh, suits them in a way they're normally bungered down anyway this isn't uh, a complete lifestyle change for them uh, sort of similar, i will say uh, for me as well but all of this has has lent an interesting thing to their songwriting and that's immediate recording they can write a song they can turn right around and put it out in the world You know, as opposed to what a lot of artists would do, is if, you know, writing a song, maybe demoing it, putting it on the shelf, waiting for the time for the album to happen. Maybe by the time the public hears it, it's been around for two years. That's not really the case with what No Wonder is doing at the moment. We're going to hear about the first song that came out there with Lonely Star, how it speaks to isolation. And then we'll back it up, you know, we'll back it up to between their second and third record Uh, to a time where they really started to feel a lot of burnouts. Uh, This was one of the things that kind of put them home, to to take some isolation, as we say, before it was cool. It was a time, as they'll tell you, as you'll hear in this interview, that they needed to forget that they were even in a band. So I want to hear what that was about. And then to turn around and find some of the themes in the record, No One Else Can Wear Your Crown, especially empowerment. That shows up a lot in what Josephine is singing about, as well as recognizing success. She says that was important, a, a surprising actual theme you know, when a band hits it, maybe they don't have all the time in the world to really, you know, to enjoy that moment. And she says that's that's really important that if it's something you've dreamt up for your entire life to really recognize when you've actually done it. So that's all in here and plenty more. Let's jump into it. Kyle Meredith with oh wonder first i want to compliment you on how much i love the record no one else can wear your crown although i know things have already happened like that's a twenty twenty record but you're we're already talking past that we're going to talk plenty about the record but i want to start with more current events because you've already announced sort of a new series called Home Tapes, right?
2: Yes, which is um, entirely a response to obviously what's happening in the world right now with COVID-19 and, you know, it all shows for the foreseeable future being cancelled and everybody being stuck in their houses. We were kind of wondering how we could help or what we could do and I guess music is the only thing we know how to do to comfort people. So, yeah, we've started a new project where we're going to basically write songs in response to what's going on, how we're feeling, record them in our home studio and put them online and share them with people.
1: It it seems like you all are like we're primed possibly for this moment right here. I mean, considering the backstory of, of what the last record was, about really needing downtime, already being sort of accustomed to being at home and having your home studio. I mean, that that really does put you kind of like in the perfect position for this record, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I guess it's like the equivalent to someone building like a war bunker in their garden. It's like <laughs> we have a music musical war bunker. Yeah, it's weird because we, we built the studio knowing we'd make like at least one record in it. And then now it looks like we're going to be doing this home tapes project and another record. So... It's definitely worth building for sure.
2: Yeah, but even emotionally, I feel like we keep laughing. Like we've been in training for this for five years because, like, we normal a normal life for us is, or at least when we're not touring, is being stuck indoors with each other, working from home. We're, we're kind of we're pretty isolated anyway. It appears um, so. Kind of there's not been that much of an adjustment in terms of how we're operating. It's just we get more time to be creative and write songs. So um, I'm yeah, I feel insanely lucky to be able to say that. that for That we sure. can still do it. Jobs yeah, and, it's, it's the yeah. biggest privilege.
3: It's not a huge transition for us.
1: Yeah, And, and especially, you know, as you, as you were talking about a lot of these songs being real-time reactions, I think is how I took that. It, that sounds like that's sort of, maybe not in, in the same way, obviously, but uh, a holdover from what you were doing before. Because, as I understand, a lot of the recording of Crown, I mean, you're writing... Sort of as you were recording, like it was all one big process. It wasn't like a lot of artists do it. Like here's a song that I've written, you know, and I'm sitting on for the past two years, and now it finally gets into the studio. It makes it really, really immediate.
3: Yeah, it 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 is super immediate, and I can the a kind of a and ring process for us is just like is about ten minutes where we go, cool, this is good. Let's let's just record it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, which is really nice because it actually means that songs get the attention they deserve. Like really quickly and you don't have a chance to kind of second guess and things fall and out of
2: love with them that's like that's you get demo yeah. as well Um, so yeah like loads of the vocals on the latest album were just the demo vocals because we you know we just wrote something recorded it and then couldn't beat that energy and I guess this Home Tapes project is one step further in terms of capturing an energy of a feeling recording it and then being able to put it out into the world like a couple weeks later is honestly one of the most majestic feelings you can get because it feels like you're Experiencing things and sharing and having conversations with other people in real time. It's like, it's such a, oh, it's amazing, isn't it?
3: It's yeah, it, in, in a way, it's kind of, it's got me thinking, why would you do it any other way? Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, there's like, there's there's album campaigns and there's like, building towards big singles or whatever that stuff is. But, but you're promoting
2: it, songs you wrote two years ago. Yeah, yeah. it
3: just feels... So it's different
2: for everyone. Like I, do, I've never understood how people say like this is a song I wrote eight years ago, and it's now on my album. And you're like, I'm like, how have you lived with that song for eight years, and it
3: still be applicable to you?
2: I can't get into that headspace, but each to their own, I guess.
1: Well, it's also I think a lot of artists, you know, once you put once you've written a record, I think people have the inclination to want to tinker with it and tinker with it and tinker with it. And, and for you, like, how do you all let go of that? Because, like, here it is, two weeks, and it's out in the world. You know, how do you not, two weeks later, going, ah, oh, you know, I really wish I'd rewritten this little section here.
3: Yeah, that is true. I've never um, had
2: that. Feeling. I haven't
3: had that. I think because we do everything here, like, with the home takes, we're mixing it as well. I've just got really used to committing. Mm-hmm. And I think as soon as you commit there's just no looking back yeah and as soon as yeah you just gotta close doors behind you as soon as you move on from ideas you just have to be like cool that's it now this is the vibe of this song or
2: we have a lot of friends that are songwriters and want to release music and they've been sat on songs for like genuinely like seven years and they're still trying to get the the layering of this violin over that beat perfect and mix this tiny thing and you're like that's cool and everything but (laughs) (laughs) like art is there to be shared like art without a listener music without a listener is is meaningless to me anyway um i think that the the listener gives it value and meaning and so more important than getting it a hundred percent is getting it out, even if it's at eighty percent. In my mind, I think
3: Yeah, I also think that's the
2: point of music.
3: If you've gone with your gut and you've decided to you do something, whether that's, you know, a vocal melody or a layer of a synth or something, like you've probably put it there for a reason. So Yeah. It might backfire and it all <laughs> might sound absolutely terrible in the end, so we'll see.
1: Well, the first song we've heard, it, I mean, it's it's great. Uh, lonely Star, that that one arrived really quickly, and, and it is. It's such a beautiful song. Go. I don't know if there's much to talk about that one, because I feel like we are in real time, but what can you tell me about that?
2: I guess the chorus, it, I'm a lonely star, is there anybody out there? I guess this period is going to be super isolating for a lot of people, um, and in the absence of being able to actually see others, I think I'm certainly feeling—I don't know what the word is—you just feel really at sea or like really unsettled. And I think we just wanted to write a song that reminded people that, like, literally everyone in the world is going through this right now. And so, all of your anxieties or or or, or just fears or I don't know if you feel slightly unsettled, like that, like everyone will be feeling that. Right and. Yeah, so we just wrote it from kind of like the voyeuristic nature of being in a bar, those are the days. You could have a cocktail on a Thursday. Oh, um, I mean, we're still having cocktails on a Thursday. We're just inside our house. <laughs> um, but kind of watching other people and, and being jealous of, of them having something and, or someone. And actually, we just wanted to write a song to be like, nobody has anything together. Everybody's in this kind of very weird boat right now. So you're cool. Don't worry. Is what that's about, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was uh, talking to my wife and my son, and, and especially my son. He's he's 12, you know, and he's got a decent grasp on the situation. But it, it was telling him that, mm. like, you know, if, if you're feeling weird about this, just know that, like, nearly all 8 billion people on the planet are also feeling this, you know, at the same time. Mm. And it's
3: what what weird unity that is.
2: Mm. It's rare. It's I don't think that. It must
3: be weird for a kid as well, because... Like, they're at, like, every age you're so different. Like, the difference between your kid when he's 12 and 14 will be crazy. So it must be... I wonder what effect it will have on...
2: I was speaking to a guy in the park today. He had a five-year-old at social distance, I hasten to add. Um, Our dogs were playing. and We were, like, shouting at each other from metres away. Um, And he was saying, like, his five-year-old is now really good at social distancing and, like, will say, like, two metres, two metres if there's another kid that approaches him. And I just... I found myself saying, like... What happens if this lasts months and we raise a generation of children who are just like a little bit suspicious of humans, right? Proximity, yeah, and proximity and closeness. But then he countered it with, "Yeah, but we're talking in a park and we probably wouldn't have spoken three months ago because we're just in our on our phones and in our heads. But actually, we're craving like community and, and conversation and normality to a certain degree." And he's like. So actually, my kid is observing me being kind to strangers. It's all a kind of weird balance. But, um, yeah, I did wonder that if, if there's going to be kids that are...
3: The COVID generation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: can't touch people. What will the repercussions it's be? Kind of it's true. We
1: don't, we don't know what those sociological repercussions... Yeah, we don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. It's uh, interesting and scary uh, all at the same time. Mm, you know, sure. I, I will pull this into the record. No one else can wear your crown because... A lot, you know. The press release really, really honed in on the downtime being so important, and I think that's again what's interesting about the situation that you're in now, the opportunity that you're using at this moment, because, because you all had experienced a, a big degree of, of burnout, to if that's the right term, right? That that led you to kind of isolating before isolating was even cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. We were just thrust into this whirlwind of. Touring, I guess, was the, was the main thing. You know, we'd started making songs in our house and then found ourselves, like, on a two-year world tour, um, having never played outside of England before. It was just, like, so insane and amazing and addictive that we just said yes to everything. And then when our label were like, cool, so can you guys also make, a you know, album number two? We kind of were like, yeah, sure. And Just kind of... Just
3: crammed it in between two tours. Yeah, just
2: made an album in, like, two weeks and put it out and then toured that more. And, and I think... It's really easy when you're excited about something to get caught up up in it and and lose respect for your own sanity and and mental health and emotional needs I also
3: think we just lost the i don't know because we're we've been in studios for so long, I think like for years touring just seemed like this kind of amazing pinnacle that we'd never reach we're like let's just keep doing that Mm, it's like a golden ticket I totally forgot that I was like a a musician in a way Mm. because on stage you're you're more of a not a robot but you're you're playing the same songs every night you're not progressing there's
2: no creation well I mean there'll be plenty of musicians that disagree with that sentiment and obviously you're creating something unique in the moment but we typically started our days with nothing and ended it with a song and we didn't have that
3: yeah um, that's such a nice accomplishment I guess progressing and I don't know your fingers play the same frets and keys every night. It's, it's like you get home in the studio and your your fingers are kind of bound by the songs that you've been playing mm, on tour. So, so you have to unravel them a little bit. So did you ever, I mean, um, you know, w- when you did pull back, uh, when you did go home,
1: did you have to stop writing as well? Was there a break from that too? Or was that something that you naturally went straight back into?
2: We actually, yeah, we did take a couple months off and just didn't write or do anything. We, we kind of built the studio and, and did up our house. Um, to kind of nest but yeah we we, we ignored music for a bit right I think we had to I think
3: we needed to yeah I think we needed to forget we're in a band for a minute
2: yeah because it becomes especially when you're a couple as well like it becomes your life you live and breathe it and you forget that there are other things going on and also like in the absence of time on your own or time with friends or I don't know just being normal for a minute there's no space for reflection either so even everything that was going on I don't think we either of us processed it We were just in it, and like, yeah, okay, cool. We're playing this massive festival, and now we're going to do this TV show in Brazil. And you're like, yeah, of course we are, you know. (laughs) And you come home, and you're like, sorry, what did I just do? And it's so weird. (laughs) Um, And you just have these weird moments where, like, even now, like some of the things just feel so. Especially being
3: in isolation now, it feels less. I saw a video of us playing a festival yesterday. I was like, oh crap. I like showed my dog. I was like, this is what we do. <laughs> 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 we don't just sit at home. Yeah.
1: Well, I know that, crazy. that's how a lot of records ended up being about songs. A lot of artists, you know, in the, in those moments, especially those busy moments you find that the the record that comes out next is them about writing songs, which there are classic versions of that, you know, that I that I've loved, but uh But I guess, you know, pulling back on that, it it sounds like it really did give you an opportunity to take extra stock of what was happening in the world. I I should bring up, like, empowerment shows up all over this record, especially, you know, you get a song like Hallelujah and the pressure is on it. Like, why did that theme end up so prominent, Uh, which might be an obvious question, but uh, worth asking.
2: No, well, um, I don't know if it is obvious. It was pr- probably a lot of my influence. Sorry, Anthony. Um, mm-hmm. But I came home from tour and was like, "Who am I? What? What? Def- like, who am I? I've just been defined by this band for like the last three or four years." So I started having therapy, which I'd had as a kid, but kind of not for any length lengthy period of time. And all of these feelings of like accomplishment. But also, like, not deserving that success came up, which was really interesting. And I guess um, it was the first time in my life, in my my 20s, where I was like, oh, my gosh, I've actually done what I set out to do. And I think throughout my whole teens and, and early 20s, I had a lot of influence from my school and my parents who, you know, didn't have any touchstones or reference points for me people that made it in music so they were so fearful of it and were like no no no, go get a proper job become a lawyer something that will you know have a have a plan a and i kind of listened to them for a bit and then i met, met anthony and ignored all of that and started this band and i think it was just that year off after touring was i think the first time i'd i'd i kind of gave myself a pat on the back being like Wow, you actually did it in spite of everybody around you telling you not to and that you mm. weren't good enough. And I guess I I kind of channeled a lot of those feelings of anger which then turned into like I, they were I don't know difficult feelings like resentment, but then then realizing that actually what I've done is is insane. And 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 it was it's really like you struggle with it as well like feeling successful. Mm. But I was really determined that both of us spent that year feeling like we'd done something good. and and we deserved where we were at and I guess that's why all the songs are like or a lot of the songs are about like having respect for yourself Mm -hmm. because I don't know it's one one thing achieving your dreams and it's another thing recognising that you've achieved them I don't think the two always come hand in hand and I think that's the most like bitter shame because when you're a kid and you write something down in your notebook like one day I want to be a pop star you know go get it but like take a breath and realise that you've done it like that's Yeah, that's where the joy is, actually, it's not doing it, it's realizing you've done it. So I guess, yeah, that's where a lot of those feelings came from.
1: Yeah. So, you know, and and, and I'll say it makes for a a really beautiful record the whole way around. I I do wonder, though, like obviously the rug was pulled out from a lot of artists feats, uh, uh, you know, that were launching records uh, around this time. To not properly go out there and live with this record on the road in, in whatever way that you had planned. And now that you've moved on, does does it seem like this record is further in the rear view than it might regularly now, now that you're working on this home tape series?
3: Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely feels like the kid that, that didn't get too much attention. You <laughs> get more attention to the siblings. Um, yeah. But maybe, maybe that's what will make it special. And when we do get back out on the road and whenever that is maybe the kind of the torment of waiting will Mm. be you know valuable in a way and it'll have a bit more meaning when we play it live Um, and it'll feel fresh because damn playing an album like 60 nights in a row you certainly don't like it after that (laughs) (laughs) so I haven't listened to it since we made it but um I'm looking forward to playing it when we do get out there.
1: Well, I, I love what you all do, and and that's a great record. But but you know that this is the benefit that already we're hearing new songs, and I'm certainly enjoying that as well. And, and if it's you know, "Lonely Star" is any indication of what we're about to hear, uh, I'm on board with this uh, again. It's i love what you guys do thank you oh, so thank much you. for the music
3: amazing oh
2: thank you thank you that's thank really you. kind no
1: problem uh just and anthony it's it's great talking to you both thanks again for doing this call i i so appreciate it and hopefully it won't be too long before we actually do all see each other out in the world again
2: oh dreaming of Absolutely. the day thank you so much <laughs> dude and stay safe all
1: right you all too take care take care thank, all right. you. All right. thank you bye bye my thanks to josephine and anthony again Uh, The latest full-length album from Oh Wonder is called No One Else Can Wear Your Crown. And of course, you can follow along with them on their socials, especially for these uh, Home Tapes series. And thanks to you as well. For listening to the episode, for checking out the series, Uh, again, if you're not already a subscriber, I really do hope you hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with everything that we're doing here. That includes your favorite artists. It gives you a chance to discover new ones and to know what's happening in the music world. Again, you can grab us at any of the popular spots that you get podcasts from, including iTunes and Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, YouTube, uh, anchor Stitcher, stitcher npr.org wherever you get yours just type in kyle meredith with and subscribe we'll take care of the rest with new interviews released every monday wednesday and friday after that head over to wfpk.org that's where i do a show monday through friday at 6 p.m eastern an hour full of song premieres music news anniversary spins and bonus interviews Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me at uh, just about any of the big social media spots, at Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.
0: Consequence Podcast Network.
2: You've interviewed some insane people. Hey, I'm Jen, and I, I love horror movies.
0: I'm Mikey. I'm dead inside, and I also love horror movies.
2: And we really like to torture our friend Todd because he hates horror movies.
0: That I do. And that's why they call me the horror virgin.
2: <laughs> that's the only reason we call him that. I'm not,
0: no other reasons at all. You're at at all. All. Whatever.
2: So every, <laughs> every week, we take him through the encyclopedia of horror, the good, the bad, the ridiculously Jack
0: Frost. <laughs> and then we make fun of it, more or less.
2: Or explain it's deceptive feminism.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I do. That's my thing.
2: (laughs) And I'm the funny one. (laughs) (laughs) Our episodes drop on Monday, so check us out.